0: Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we're reading Mark 11, verses 22 to 26, and then through J.C. Ryle's expository thoughts on Mark. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Mark, chapter 11, verses 22 to 26. so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. This is the word of the Lord. Let us learn from these words of our Lord Jesus Christ, the immense importance of faith. This is a lesson which our Lord teaches first by a proverbial saying, Faith shall enable a man to accomplish works and overcome difficulties as great and formidable as the removing of a mountain and casting it into the sea. Afterwards, the lesson is impressed upon us still further by a general exhortation to exercise faith when we pray. Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. This promise must, of course, be taken with a reasonable qualification. It assumes that a believer will ask things which are not sinful and which are in accordance with the will of God. When he asks such things, he may confidently believe that his prayer will be answered. To use the words of James, let him ask in faith, not wavering. James one six. The faith you're commended must be distinguished from that faith which is essential to justification. In principle, undoubtedly, all true faith is one and the same. It is always trust or belief. But in the object and operations of faith, there are diversities, which it is useful to understand. Justifying faith is that act of the soul by which a man lays hold on Christ and has peace with God. Its special object is the atonement for sin which Jesus made on the cross. The faith spoken of in the passage now before us is a grace of more general signification, the fruit and companion of justifying faith, but still not to be confounded with it. It is rather a general confidence in God's power, wisdom, and goodwill toward believers, and its special objects are the promises, the word, and the character of God in Christ. Confidence in God's power and will to help every believer in Christ and in the truth of every word that God has spoken is the grand secret of success and prosperity in our religion. In fact, It is the very root of saving Christianity. By it, the elders obtained a good report. He that comes unto God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. To know the full worth of it in the sight of God, we should often study the 11th chapter of the epistle to the Hebrews. Do we desire to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ? Do we wish to make progress in our religion and become strong Christians and not mere babes in spiritual things? Then let us pray daily for more faith and watch our faith with most jealous watchfulness. Here is the cornerstone of our religion. A flaw or weakness here will affect the whole condition of our inner man. According to our faith will be the degree of our peace, our hope. Our joy, our decision in Christ's service, our boldness in confession, our strength in work, our patience in trial, our resignation in trouble, our sensible comfort in prayer. All, all will hinge on the proportion of our faith. Happy are they who know how to rest their whole weight continually on a covenant God and to walk by faith and not by sight. He that believes shall not make haste isaiah 28:16 Let us learn for another thing from these verses the absolute necessity of a forgiving spirit toward others This lesson is here taught us in a striking way there is no immediate connection between the importance of faith of which our lord had just been speaking and the subject of forgiving injuries but the connecting link is prayer First, we are told that faith is essential to the success of our prayers, but then it is added, no prayers can be heard which do not come from a forgiving heart. Whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you had anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. The value of our prayers, we can all understand, depends exceedingly on the state of mind in which we offer them. But the point before us is one which receives far less attention than it deserves. Our prayers must not only be earnest, fervent, and sincere, and in the name of Christ, they must contain one more ingredient besides. They must come from a forgiving heart. We have no right to look for mercy if we are not ready to extend mercy to our brethren. We cannot really feel the sinfulness of the sin we ask to have pardoned if we cherish malice towards our fellow men. We must have the heart of a brother toward our neighbor on earth if we wish God to be our Father in heaven. We must not flatter ourselves that we have the spirit of adoption if we cannot bear and forbear. This is a heart-searching subject. The quantity of malice, bitterness, and divisive spirit among Christians is fearfully great. No wonder that so many prayers seem to be thrown away and unheard. It is a subject which ought to come home to all classes of Christians. All have not equal gifts of knowledge and utterance in their approaches to God, but all can forgive their fellow men. It is a subject which our Lord Jesus Christ has taken special pains to impress on our minds. He has given it a prominent place in that pattern of prayers, the Lord's Prayer. We are all familiar from our infancy with the words, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us. Well would it be for many if they would consider what those words mean. Let us leave the passage with serious self-inquiry. Do we know what it is to be a forgiving spirit? Can we forgive the injuries that we receive from time to time in this evil world? Can we pass over a transgression And pardon an offense? If not, where is our Christianity? If not, why should we wonder that our souls do not prosper? Let us resolve to amend our ways in this matter. Let us determine by God's grace to forgive even as we hope to be forgiven. This is the nearest approach we can make to the mind of Christ Jesus. This is the character which is most suitable to a poor, sinful child of Adam. God's free forgiveness of sins is our highest privilege in this world. God's free forgiveness will be our only title to eternal life in the world to come. Then let us be forgiving during the few years that we have here upon earth. That is the end of Rao's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we have heard today, and may the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for His glory. In considering what we have just heard, would you perfectly ask yourself and others the following questions? First, do we desire to grow in grace, in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, and to make progress in becoming strong Christians? If so... Do we regularly pray to grow in faith? And lastly, are our hearts quick to forgive others who have sinned against us, or are we quick to hold a grudge against them? Do we forgive as we have been forgiven?